You're listening to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show presented by SuperOps.ai, where we go behind the scenes with today's top MSP owners and experts and get to know what they are really doing to evolve their business. Welcome to SuperPod, the No Filter MSP show. I'm Monica, the product evangelist at SuperOps.ai, and I will be your host for the day. We have a very special guest on our show today, a well-known face in the global technology channel, a thought leader in the tech space, and a keynote speaker at some of the largest, most influential technology conferences. She's a 13-year Cisco veteran, was Senior Director of uh, Office Depot Tech Services, and is currently the VP of Global Channel and Digital Services at the JS Group. And she's a world trotter. Um, she's the Chairman of CompTIA's uh, Advancing Women in Technology Group, Board Member of CRM Women of the Channel, and has also been named one of the four role models who inspire women to pursue tech careers. And one of, the, uh, one of the biggest things that she's uh, most passionate about is advancing women in tech, enabling women to pursue a career in tech. Oh boy, uh, there's so much to tell about Michelle that I might just need the entire episode. So let's waste no time in welcoming Michelle Ragusa McBain to the show. Hey, Michelle, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I'm humbled and honored to be with you. I'm very excited to be here. Welcome to SuperPod. Uh, it's the No Filter MSP show, and um, I'm absolutely delighted to have you here. And I think I'm having a little bit of a um, fangirl moment. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I love it. You're so sweet. I'm. It's my honor to be with you today. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, okay. I, I don't think I've done justice to um, your introduction. So is there anything that you'd like to? add anything you think I would have missed out? No, I think you did a great job. Uh, I think for me personally, I would just say that I've been in technology channel for 17 years. Uh, it is my passion. My family immigrated to America. So as a young girl, I did not have a lot of mentorship into technology. What is it? What does a career in tech or the channel look like? Mm -hmm. And it became so important to me to have uh, when I had that opportunity, it was mentorship that got me my foot in the door that allowed me to see and pursue a career in technology. And that changed my life. Uh, when I began my career at Cisco, John Chambers was then the CEO. And he said, we are changing the way the world lives, works, plays, and learns. And that's what technology does, right? And right. it has continued to evolve. And, you know, prior to the global pandemic, everybody's talking about digital transformation right now. And I laugh because I say I've been selling digital transformation for 17 years. Unfortunately, right. it took a global pandemic for the whole world to catch up. Um, and, you know, it was a very challenging year for so many. Prior to COVID, 44% of people did not work from home. And so I do believe that uh, working in technology, working in the channel is a very powerful, important role. And it was very essential during the last year, especially. So I'm grateful for, uh, for my past experience and encouraging young women and girls and all diverse candidates to come join us in the world of technology. I think, I think you're doing a phenomenal uh, job out there. And oh, congratulations on winning the Advancing Women in Technology Leadership Award. I mean, that's, that's really great. Um, 
you know, it's really important, uh, particularly for women to, uh, you know, uplift other women, because that's how we all grow together. And you're, you're, you're right there doing all of that. So I think that's pretty cool. Thank you so much. Uh, I use this analogy. You mentioned mm -hmm. my note speeches and I learned this once and it resonated with me. And somebody used the analogy of geese of all things. And you know how geese fly in a V formation? Right. I never knew why that was. And then somebody explained it to me. And this is how I feel women and men should treat each other in the world of technology. The one in the front of the line honks and he flaps his wings and each of the ones behind him or her lift up because of their the velocity of their wings. And the ones behind them keep honking and they cheer the ones in front of them on. And if one of them gets hurt or sick, two of them will fly down to the earth and they'll take care of them until they could go back up together. So there's so much camaraderie and teamwork and collaboration in their ecosystem. Them. And I just, I love that concept because that's what I think we do for each other. We cheer each other on, we help each other out and right. we support one another in our weakest moments. And that's I, the best acknowledgement or uh, analogy for comparing what women can do for other women and men can do for women in the world of technology. True, true, true. Yes. That actually, um, that, that brings me to my first question for you. Uh, so you said we've we've been making progress in tech and uh, women as such we've also been making progress in tech probably not at the right uh, not at this uh, at the pace that we'd wanted to but we are making progress we have made progress and you are an inspiration to uh, the women out there you know nudging them enabling them and pushing them to to strive to pursue a career in tech so um, Here's my question. Uh, what are some of the initiatives that you have implemented uh, in the past few years or you know, uh, throughout your career to advance more women in tech? Sure. Um, so I'm going to give a few stats also because research in this subject is so important. And I like to talk facts and figures over feelings because feelings are really important, but there are tangi tangible metrics associated Correct. with everything that we talk about. And that's an important um, realization for many companies. McKinsey has a very important report that says women in leadership at the top of companies tangibly make them more profitable. If you look at women-owned businesses, they're more successful. They have higher retention. In. there's less turnover, they get more um, ROI. So there's these amazing metrics driven statistics, yet there are some interesting things that have been happening. So the reason that I joined Comte as Advancing Women in Technology was there was a statistic that said in the last 10 years, there was not only a stagnation of women entering careers in tech, but a decline. And so we created this program that we were going to attract young girls, maybe around fifth grade through high school, the time where you're maturing, the time where you're thinking, what do I want to be when I grow up? And tell them about the amazing benefits, the lucrative careers, the ability to travel or work remotely, the work-life balance or integration, all of the great things that, you know, girls are thinking about. And that it's cool that you're not just... Um, you know, doing certain things that you don't see somebody that looks like you. So we had a bunch of women 
out into the ecosystem, into the world and say to young women and girls aspiring in their careers that technology is an amazing opportunity for them. And we reached 10,000 women and girls in the United wow. States. Wow. Uh, we videos, we went through different activities. We went on speaking engagements at colleges and high schools and universities and elementary and preschools. Wow. Girls troops everywhere you can imagine. We wanted girls to hear a message. That was so well received. Comtia is the largest nonprofit IT association in the world. And so Comtia also has chapters in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and they're opening in Asia, etc. So we then challenged our sister uh, you know, universities and a uh, uh, teams to mm -hmm. extend that within their geographies and continue the momentum moving forward. So that was one of the most important things, capturing young girls early on. The oh, yeah. other part of that, which became really hard in the pandemic was McKinsey reported and I could have told you this, I did a survey at the end of March because I was feeling overwhelmed. I have two young daughters, age six and five. I have a husband. My mom was a single mom who worked in the Board of Education for 24 years. So I couldn't imagine being a single mom or having even more than two children. But all of the weight of the world, working a full-time career, trying to balance my home life, feeding the children, doing my meetings, doing my activities to make sure all of my tasks are complete and my children are educated and the home is managed in a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I did a survey of all the women in our channel and overwhelmingly, they were fearful, they were stressed, they were tired. This was one month in. <laughs> so fast forward, a year later, McKinsey reported one in four women were leaving technology careers one in four. So a quarter of the progress that we made was being evaporated. Right. So how do we stop the bleed? How do we make sure that these women, it's not only just about attracting them, but once they're here, how do we retain them? How do we promote them? How do we encourage them to be more than what they are? So um, a lot of that is support and mentorship. Um, a lot of that is mental health, checking in with your employees, not just women, but men, everybody. How right. are you during these right. times? How can we help you? And also giving them the ability to learn and grow and have a seat on the bench so that they know that there's a future for them, that they know that there's a promotion opportunity or Correct. that there's a ability that after this, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, right. so to speak. Right, right. That's really that's uh, actually that that numbers uh, is just ringing in my head. Uh, Ten thousand. That's that's a huge number to kind of start with. So how long did this actually take? Like years. Uh, <laughs> within within a few months, we had a team of eight members and we had a group of hundreds of members and we wow. challenged everybody within our community, women, men, go to a place where there is youth, find them, talk to them, uh, have the conversation, just start the conversation. I think there's such uh, power, you know, obviously, regardless of your political preference, uh, mm -hmm. seeing Kamala Harris become the first female vice president of the United States That's of America. Yeah, yeah. I look at my little girls and I say, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. 
And that's what I want them to believe. Truly, I can now say including president because there's a woman president. So part of it is the identity, the vision of seeing somebody that looks like you, whether it's race or, or ethnicity or socioeconomic background or gender or you know, whatever LGBTQ, whatever the diversity aspect that you resonate and relate to saying there is somebody like me in that position, there is somebody in leadership, and we have this opportunity to say you're not alone, that you have a support system, and that we will encourage diversity, not only because it feels good, but because it's profitable, and it will help your customer, your company, your end products and your solutions. Yes, so it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, it's like a, a, a ripple effect, right? You start something and then it kind of, it just spreads, right? So that's, that's actually uh, pretty cool. Uh, if, uh, if I were to kind of um, ask you, what are some of the things that, um, that MSP businesses or companies can do to, to bring uh, diversity, gender diversity in their company? what would be your um, suggestions? That is a great, that is a great question. I love that question so much because the, the first answer is there is no easy answer. Every company, large fortune 500 companies, small startups all struggle with a lack of women, lack of diversity. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Right? So we, there has to be some tactical best practices that we take away um, on average an HR recruiter only looks at a resume for 11 seconds. It takes longer to pop popcorn than it does for them to review a resume. So if you think, it's true. <laughs> so when you think about that statistic, you say, <clears throat> is there, and there's a very important word, unconscious bias that's being brought into the conversation. So when you look at a resume and you see John or Sally, do you automatically defer that John would be better? And by the way, here's a fun stat. There are more CEOs named John than women leaders. Just oh. the name John. <laughs> okay. So when you look at something like that and you say, decisions are being made fast, there are implicit biases. We all have them. It's not a bad thing to say that you, it's just bad if you don't acknowledge it and work to change it. So if you look across the table and everyone at your board meeting looks and sounds and thinks just like you, that's a problem. You need to have diversity of thought because you're going, your, your customers, your products, your solutions are not just going to be made for an audience that looks at companies can do is talk about the issue, have the conversation, and be very tactical about grooming a bench that looks different from one another. Right. Uh, I had a very famous uh, channel chief who was amazing. And he said to me one time, Michelle, why aren't there enough women in right prior to that? And his two key players on his team worked with him in the last three companies that he worked at. So why is that important? One, he trusted them. Of course right. he trusted them. They were, they were for him. They proved success for him. They were amazing for him, but there was no women on his bench, no women that he helped group, not on purpose, just mm -hmm. by default. So intentionally choosing somebody different and helping mentor them is very important. Leanin.org did a study that said after the Me Too movement, which I'm not sure how familiar people are, but when, when their accusations are saying not only was I sexually harassed, but Me Too Right. Very powerful in all aspects, politics, entertainment industry, technology industry. So men in business, 
stopped wanting to help because they were worried about implications or bias. So Mm -hmm. 60% of them said they felt uncomfortable mentoring, going to lunch, going to dinner, going to an event with the woman Mm -hmm. alone. The problem with that is most men are in leadership positions. So if they cannot help the woman get promoted, then how are they going to do that? And how are they going to trust them? They don't spend time with them. So that is a very big part of that is getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and saying there, if there are bad people out there, we have to see them out and they're not allowed to do what they do, but for all of the good people and the majority Mm -hmm. are good, support them, accept them, uh, celebrate the men that are helping to advocate and champion women. And there's more of them than not. So that's, you know, a second part of it. And I Mm -hmm. mentioned unconscious bias and here's a great example. The Philharmonic once had the majority of them Caucasian middle-aged white men. And what they did is listening. So when they picked and selected their upcoming choir section and their their musical sections, they didn't look at the people that were performing. Do you know what ended up happening? 50% of them became women of color. They didn't see them. So the bias wasn't there. They just heard. So sometimes it's saying, if you have an application, an interview document or a rec that's opening, some people use verbiage that says gender pronoun of a man automatically takes women out of the property because they think, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have the qualities. And on average, and this is a shocking statistic, if you look across the board, men on average see themselves higher than average women see themselves below average and we call that sort of the imposter syndrome where even if you have 90 percent of the qualities that are looked for in that rec you Mm -hmm. self you self take yourself out of the competition where a man might say i've went to an event once i'm sure i can manage the events and so he will put himself in the position even with lack of experience but just the confidence to say he can do the job so part of that is women saying nobody knows everything we have to raise our hand and step forward for opportunities we have to ask for mentorship and we have to receive it and we have to as hiring managers and leaders specifically seek out those that are even introverts in the room right because i'm an extrovert i tend to raise my hand and speak up but if you're quiet if you're a woman and you're a minority and you're all those things that you will just go fall to the side where right. nobody can hear your voice so right. Right. We have to support one another and amplify right. that conversation that's right that's right i think i think you have uh, you, you've actually mentioned i think unconscious bias it it's I mean, it's called unconscious bias because nobody deliberately uh, goes out and you know is is biased with their opinion or with their uh, with their behavior when it comes to um, other people. But I think we have I think what you said uh, makes sense. We have to intentionally choose uh, diversity. We need to intentionally choose uh, things that enable us to bring diversity into the into the organization into the company. But you did mention about uh, the, the previous, um, uh, previously when we were talking about uh, encouraging and enabling women, you talked about mental health, right? So I want to kind of come back to, to uh, that point. So uh, pa- the pandemic has been quite stressful and um, I could just go on and on about, you know, how stressful it has been. But the, the point is that we've, we ha- we've had to, 
you know, uh, we've had curfew, we've been in lockdown, we've been kind of isolated. All we had to do was, you know, we had, um, you know, our devices, that's how we got work done. But the point is we've been alone, we've been isolated. And uh, uh, my question is, uh, what are some of the things or what can one do to, 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 to keep themselves sane in a socially distanced world? Oh, that's a great question. So in addition to all that I do, I'm a joiner, as you can tell. So we had an opportunity in our community, which was to have a social committee, a very challenging thing to do in a quarantine pandemic lockdown environment. And the woman that was chairing the committee wanted to join the board. At the time, our board was all man and all men. And so I said, Absolutely. Please pursue that. We need women's representation. And she said, but I'm worried. Can you take over the committee? I said, you know what? I have a lot going on, but I will do it. I will do it because I want to support you and champion you in this goal. So during that time, we came up with a lot of ideas and we work in technology, right? So there's so many wonderful things that we can think of. And there were so many companies, big and small SMBs that got together and said, how can we reimagine Here's what I I say the pandemic did. It gave everyone the opportunity to pause, reassess, and reimagine what their goals are Mm -hmm. as a company, as a people, and as the future. So there were so many things that people did previously that became virtualized. So paint and sips, as an example, where you can make Mm -hmm. a painting. I think I have one somewhere, (laughs) actually. So here's my painting. We did this virtually um, with some wine (laughs) and a community. I mean, you could do this for your company game nights where you can have an escape room and you can try to get out of the escape room, Uh, virtual fitness classes, or just running outside, doing a marathon, a 5K or a 10K together where you can be in your own respective locations, but still be together in, in the celebration of camaraderieship and teamwork and collaboration. Um, those offsite activities, uh, I've seen so many things, comedy nights, happy hours, uh, just coming together via Zoom to say, hey, how are we all mm-hmm. doing? What's going on? Just that that small step really is a wonderful mental health break that brings everybody together in a unique opportunity to share, to unwind, to communicate, uh, especially when you're usually in masks and social distancing and hug. Uh, to feel that we're still there, we're still connected, connected. and we're still supporting each other mm-hmm. is so powerful. And that's what technology does. We can be anywhere in the world. You can be in India, I can be in America, and we can have this conversation and feel that we're one, even though we're so far apart. Correct. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's nice. Uh, game nights are actually cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. We can yeah. have some fun. Why not? We deserve yeah. it. It's yeah. Fun. I know. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, speaking of uh, the pandemic, uh, it, it has had uh, an impact um, on um, the globe. Uh, pretty much every industry has been affected. Uh, so the, the, the partner channel ecosystem is no exception. So uh, at the same time, um, the partner channel um, ecosystem has also evolved. There is, it has evolved, but there's also the impact of uh, the pandemic. So uh, what are some of the most uh, prominent changes that you've seen in the ecosystem? And what are some of the channel trends that you uh, think uh, businesses can leverage? 
That's a great question. So our community are in and of itself is traditionally road warriors in the channel. They're used to frequent flyer miles. They're used to meeting at the hotel lobby bar after the event, going to the golf course, going to the face-to-face -face meetings and right, dinners. Right. All of that stopped. And so we had vendors and distributors and partners and end customers that were all having to figure out what do we do now? How, and the ability, you know, when you call upon your clients, if you're in sales or you're marketing to people, you, you're not calling their office. They're not in their office and you don't have their home phone number and you're not seeing them face to face. And even as states roll out in the United States at different mm -hmm. points and countries roll out at different points, they're not so comfortable with having strangers come to their place. Right. We haven't had any events for over a year. And while they starting to circulate or rumors right. after the vaccines kind of mm -hmm. increase and maybe mm -hmm. they're a little more comfortable, mm -hmm. I don't think the genie's going back in the lamp. We are in a new world where right. digital right. is the way of the future. And think mm -hmm. about it personally. When we want to purchase something, we go on mm -hmm. Amazon or Alibaba and we look at the reviews. When right. we want to go out to eat, we look at Yelp and we look at the reviews and how people say the restaurant right. is. Yeah. When we want to uh, go to a movie, we look at IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So everything we do is independently researched. So mm -hmm. here's a fascinating statistic. The IDC said that 75% of B2Bs 85% of C-level executives and vice presidents look online before they even talk to a salesperson. They look for up to five pieces of content, white papers, eBooks, infographics, brochures, webinars, podcasts, third-party analyst reports, the list goes on. And they don't want to talk to you until they feel they can trust you, that you're gonna add value. They're gonna reduce their pain points. The vendor's problem here is there's so many people that are vying for their attention. They have superfluous content, but they don't have a way to amplify it without the MSPs and partners focusing on them and choosing right. them. So right. there's things they have, MDF funding, multiplier effects, things that allow them, subscription services that allow them to mm -hmm, lock in mm -hmm. with clients. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You need to say, you will choose me. So we ran a program called the Social Selling Program. This program allowed our our vendors and distributors to partner together and choose select participants in the MSP ecosystem around the world. I've worked with people in India and in Canada, in Europe, in America, mm -hmm. and to say, how can we change our digital brand? Not only as a company, but as the sales and marketing and channel teams, how can we be redefined as a place on LinkedIn where there's 725 million people around the world to not just say, this is the place my resume went to die, which is what people treated it like. People don't want to know that you're good at Microsoft Word and PowerPoint. They want to know your value proposition. How mm -hmm. are you helping in security? How right. are you helping in AI? And how are you helping in cloud? How are you right. helping in? security in a time right. where everybody's working from home and there's more cyber hackings occurring now than right. any time in history. Right. So right. if you look at the changing landscape, there was a huge opportunity in the technology channel for people to, where other companies, like say, for example, those supporting travel and leisure, 
where nobody was traveling and there was no eco lodging or anything like that happening. Or right. when you have um, something like casinos where you can't mm-hmm. operate at max capacity. Those are the end customers that were struggling. But if you look at hospitals and education, they mm-hmm. had to completely re-innovate how sure. they went to market, how they sure. operated and how they leveraged technology. What did they purchase? And here's the story. In December of 2020, whatever mm-hmm. their go-to-market plan was, rapidly changed in, or rather in January, when the new year struck. In March, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. different. And by September, it was completely different. And now we're in 2021. So mm-hmm. what we again have the opportunity to say we've invested in architecture and infrastructure we cannot have a server room somewhere in a building our future of work might not be sitting at a headquarters it might be having various people remotely Mm -hmm. distributed across the country trying to be successful so rebranding i encourage everyone to go to linkedin.com forward slash sales (laughs) forward slash ssi I don't own it, but it tells you your social selling index score. It allows people to know, are you good at building relationships online? Are you good at finding the right people? Are you good at engaging with insights? Are you a Mm -hmm. voyeur or a lazy liker who just sits around watching things happen on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Things happen. And so as a company, your Mm -hmm. people are looking to see what you can provide them. Are you sharing educating and helping them in their journey right 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 i think that's that's very important i think uh, even for me i see um i think uh, the biggest uh, goal or the thing that i want that i expect a brand to accomplish is um how how are you helping the customer how are you educating the customer what value are you providing to the customer before you can actually you know put your hands in their pocket and take money for the product. So I think that makes uh, perfect sense. I, I actually wanted to ask you about social se- selling, but you've, you've covered it for me. You are so perceptive, I, mean, I guess. Um, so um, I guess we're, we're running uh, out of time and I've actually had a really interesting conversation, but before I let you go, we have this little surprise uh, session, uh, rapid fire questions, no thinking. I ask you and you're like, yes, you quickly answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do okay. it. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so uh, you've traveled um, 85 countries so far, right? So pick your top three favorites. Oh, such a tough question. Um, right off the bat, one of my favorite countries in the world was South Africa. I went during World Cup and mm-hmm. we had it just the experience in itself. There was people from all over the world just celebrating in unity, even if you were competitors, wearing their hats, waving their flags, coming together in a stadium uh, and looking at beautiful Table Mountain and the ocean and um, eating rutis in wow. uh Yes, Durban and and Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, just beautiful. Love, love, love. Um, I love Australia. Australia is such a unique and amazing uh, continent and country. There's just from one place to the other. I I could not imagine, you know, as you drive, there's the very artistic areas. uh, There's the very natural areas. There's the beautiful ocean, um, going to the Great Barrier Reef and just the people, the accents. My Siri on my phone does an Australian accent. I love it. (laughs) So amazing. Uh, God, I can name a thousand. I love 
I loved Cambodia. That would, wow. it's hard. I was thinking Costa Rica, Cambodia, Southern France, Greece. There's so many beautiful places. But Cambodia was very special to me because of the people. Um, I went with Jay. We did a tour and we um, met so many amazing people. The food was incredible, um, so cost feasible and yet so welcoming. I felt like they were so grateful for us, but I felt grateful to just be part of their, wow. their place. Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, next question. Um, what's the most fun thing uh, you, you like doing with your kids? that's a great question I say we like to go on an adventure we okay. we've taken our children to all of these places Brooklyn's uh going to be she's six years old she's going to be seven oh, next week okay. and uh, she's been to 50 countries uh Callie's wow. been to close to 40 so Whoa. we want them to experience these things whether it's locally like we just go to the pool or we go on a scavenger hunt in our community or if it's internationally I want them to meet people that are different right. from them I want to hear their voices taste their food listen to their music dance with them and learn that there's such beauty in the diversity right. of our world and right. not everyone lives the same and not everyone is the same and that's okay and right. also to help and to give back if you can help one another uh, I think it's very important so whatever we can do philanthropically to donate or make care kits or just spend time volunteering I love to do that with them wow that's nice that's nice and happy birthday Brooklyn uh have a great year ahead <laughs> and lots of love from us um Next question. Uh, if there's one thing in this world that you would like to change, what would it be? Hmm. I think the biggest thing and, and coming from America and the world right now, we had a lot of divisiveness this past year. It became unfortunate to me because I think people's true humanity came out mm -hmm. in challenging times. There were things, I don't know if this happened around the world, people were hoarding masks and toilet paper and, right. and uh, antibacterial hand sanitizer. Right. People were saying, um, I don't wanna do this or I don't wanna do that or passing blame because people thought differently. If I could change anything, I would hope that people would be open-minded to learning about other people's differences. I would hope that whether you're a man or a woman, or you're somebody from a different, uh, you know, you're affluent or you're poor, or you're different ethnicity or culture or religion, that you listen and not fearful about somebody that's different than you, or say I'm right and you're wrong, mm -hmm. but right. understand that the differences of our world is what makes us so beautiful. It's what brings us together. I'm not meant to be the same. So right. I would hope that people can, with an open mind and an open heart, um, put their differences aside and just try to learn from one another to help each other be successful. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, just last of questions. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's the one productivity hack you swear by? That's a very good question, actually. So I think the biggest thing that I've started doing that has been really helpful for me is leveraging uh, Calendly for my calendar because I was going in and I was doing a lot of um, back and forth. I have a beast of a calendar. My husband has a beast of a calendar. And <laughs> it's so hard to go back and forth to find people um, mm -hmm. bandwidth timing that has become very uh, efficient and effective to say, you take a look here and just select the time that works best for right. you and 
will be developed and will come together. Um, that's one of the things that I think is very advantageous. The other thing that I think is very important is actually exercise. I try to work out at least 20 to 30 minutes a day. It helps me focus, concentrate, gives me endorphins, and it's forced mental health that allows me to um, feel better about my day, feel more productive. So yes. I really everyone, whether it's just taking a walk and getting some fresh air, or if it's just um, listening to some music, meditating, yoga, running, whatever it is that you can do, do something for yourself 20 to 30 minutes a day. And I think you'll feel a lot happier and healthier. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that because I just, I, I don't, I don't put in any of my time into uh, physical uh, activity. And I, and I think I have to start doing that. Okay. Oh. And your last question. So if there's one person you'd like to see on this show next, who would it be? Hmm, great question. Um, I would love to see our CEO, Janet Vines. I think she is an awesome powerhouse for the industry as well. She was rated um, Channel Influencer of the Year before uh, Jay McBain was. I would also add uh, Jay, who is my husband and partner in crime and life oh, and love. Of course. Uh, uh, so those are the two people that have really influenced influenced me most in my life, both personally and professionally, as mentors and friends. Um, they have they're both all of us care so deeply about the technology channel community, about helping one another be successful, right. and about surviving and thriving in challenging times, uh, and also being future thinking. Right? There's right. something to be said that if you if you don't evolve, we always say technology is ever evolving. And yet we're so reluctant to do it. Even within the technology channel, it makes me laugh because we're humans. And so right. if you don't evolve, you go the way of the dodo bird, right? And we right. don't want to be endangered or extinct. We want to right. evolve and grow and learn. So I love people that are always constantly forward thinking. I could give you a list of a hundred people that I think should be on your channel. <laughs> There's some amazing people okay. on the channel. So Janet and Jay, huh? We'll, we'll try and get them on the show. Okay, I'll make it happen for you. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. So um, with that, we come to the end of the show. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's about 45. I don't know, it's time just flies, I guess, because I'm in yeah. good company. And Michelle, I hope you've um, had a good time on our show. So uh, with that, I think I'll sign off. And I hope to see you back on the show soon. Yep. Oh, anytime. Please have me. And hopefully the next time I come back, we'd celebrate our successes as women in diversity and technology. Yay. Yes. I, I think we should do that. Yes. Yes. I think we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.